Bush and Richie here, Tuesday's Hometime Show. Lots in it for you. Bush, I think it'd be a good idea just to whet their appetite to read one email that has come in during today's show out of context so they're looking forward to hearing what's going to happen on the show. Sounds perfect. The perfect advertisement for what they're about to see. Andrew Nixon has emailed and said, My ex-girlfriend once drove home without noticing her windscreen was missing from her car. She thought it was a bit windy, but assumed it was the aircon blowers. I think you can tell from that, folks, it's a barnstormer of the show. I'd get going if I was you. You don't want to miss any of it. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Bush and Richie with Hometime Absolute Radio, home of the no-repeat guarantee. Put us on while you work. You won't hear the same song every single hour between nine and five. Now, I think it's fair to say, right, when you're making your hot drinks during the day when you're at work and stuck in the house, and God knows we've been doing that quite a lot over the past 11 weeks, you normally think of the main two hot drinks in the United Kingdom. There's tea in the number one spot, and then number two, let's be fair, is probably coffee. They're our two favourite hot drinks. But do you ever think and wonder whether there is room for a third? I think tonight on the show, we should try and work out, and I've got a bit of music to, to make this a bit more rousing. We should be on a mission to officially crown the nation's third hot drink oh no oh no <laughs> these home music pieces have to stop it'd be good to know where we stand though wouldn't it do you know what I mean we always go on about yes. tea and coffee all the time you know like for example people say Birmingham is the UK's second city yeah well why don't we why don't we have a third hot drink and, and I think it's only fair that one hot drink that's put in some brilliant work over the past few years 10 years 15 years or more gets crowned this evening as the official third drink of the United Kingdom um, I'm fully behind you on this one um, I just try to shut my ears to the music um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put forward what I would go to as my third hot drink uh, because it's pretty okay. much the only other drink that I would have hot but generally one that I have when I'm a little bit under the weather I'm putting forward. Hot Ribena. Hot, hot Ribena? Yes. Uh, how long have you got left? I didn't realise you weren't very well. <laughs> what? Yeah, why? Who hot drinks Hot car- Ribena? That is absolutely not a ludicrous thing to be suggesting. It's a great drink, Hot. Sounds like someone you might drink shivering in an Anderson shelter during the Blitz. Surely no one in the modern era drinks Hot Ribena. <laughs> well, you have dripping, dripping sandwich immediately after that as well. <laughs> Mate, this is one of those occurrences where you're going to show your ignorance here. I'm going to get backed up on this. No chance. Not in a million years. That, uh, genuinely, when, when this was bubbling around in our minds, I didn't think the Hot Ribena would even be on the fringes of contention for being crowned as the official third drink. Be ready to have your eyes opened. And there's some weird stuff coming in already. We've just put it up on Twitter. Adam says tomato soup, but only drunk in one of those tiny cups on a flask. Not uh, a drink. Have your say. It's an interesting thing. What hot drink deserves the third drink status of the United Kingdom? And by the end of this show, once we've decided that is it, it's official, and it might end up on a coin or a stamp in the future. Eight, twelve, fifteen. Britain's third hot drink. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Hometime on Absolute Radio, this is Bush and Richie, Tuesday afternoon. Let me read you this. A steaming mug of fruit cordial not only tastes nice, but actually helps reduce the symptoms of common colds and flu compared with a cooler drink. Uh, so scientifically proven that hot Ribena is the way forward. 
So there, we've we've been sitting on the cure for COVID nineteen all this time. It's hot ribena. Is that right? Never, is that what it is? I never, is that I been never said that, but I do think when you realise the health benefits of it, it's ready to take its place as Britain's third favourite hot drink. All right, David Ike. Thanks very much for your health benefits messages this evening on the show. Uh, we are on a mission tonight. This is this is true. This is completely serious. We're looking you right in the eyes as we say this and doing that bit. We grab each of your arms as well. And listen, we're on a mission to officially crown the nation's third hot drink tonight on Home Time to take its rightful place after tea and coffee. They're in the first and second position. But what hot drink deserves this status and why? Kate says hot Vimto. Now that's kind of like counteracting your hot Ribena. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, Vimto, when it comes down to it, is still a fruit cordial, so I don't understand why you're being quite as snooty about one one fruit, uh, which is what blackcurrant uh, is, the Ribena, whereas Vimto is a right old potpourri of them. So um, I, I don't understand the way you're being about this. Having a right pop at Vimto tonight, Richie. Becky Hartley says, obviously hot chocolate. Not having that. That's a dessert, unfortunately. <laughs> Different category. <laughs> and then Alison Smithers. This is unbelievable. Alison says, strongbow cider. No lie, my sister-in-law warms it up to drink it. You're kidding me. Wow. Sean has come in with beef tea. Now, let's let's just deal with this because when, when you look at it like this, that's not really a, a very appealing description, is it? Maybe if it's given more of a product name, it's a bit different. Craig Robertson says, it's got to be good old Bovril. You can't beat it on a cold winter's day at the football. Now, when put like that, I'd have to agree. Imagine someone offering you beef tea. You'd just be trying to plan your escape. I thought that'd be curtains for you. Weirdly, weird though, like, is, is it that nice? I mean, I know people romantically go on about warming their hands up around a mug of Bovril whilst they're watching like a lower league game, but is it, is it really that all nice and all right? Does it deserve to be the third hot drink of the United Kingdom? Well, you wouldn't necessarily have it at home, would you? So if it's one of those ones that's got to be in situ, then it's questionable. Claire Smythe says mulled wine. She might have a point there. You know, that might, that's a good shout. It is a great shout. But once again, I would say to you, if a drink is only enjoyed for one month of the year, can it take its place uh, on the pedestal in third? I would say that you're putting a lot of legislative obstacles in the way to these drinks getting third drink status, Richie, this evening on the show. Hey, look, heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> what a statement in the first hour of the show. Nick Lovell says, what about a flaming bush? That's when I took your hot Ribena and added Tabasco to make it even better. Do you remember that? Yes, that's what you did. Hot Ribena, added Tabasco, and then I spat it out. So once again, that's not <laughs> going to be in third place. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. If you've just joined the show, allow me to read you a text that kind of sums up where we're at on this Tuesday afternoon. Glyn, who's fitting sinks in Earlam, says, Richie, are you completely mad? Hot Ribena is hot Vimto all day long. <laughs> there you go. We are trying to work out what should be crowned tonight on this show, officially the nation's third hot drink. Tea's number one, coffee's number two. What should be third? Well, I come back at you, thanks to Nikki in Richmond, who says, Hi, I agree that hot Ribena should be in the top three hot drinks. I always have it when feeling under the weather. Thank you, Nikki. There you go. There you go. <laughs> when you're ill, when you're ill, it's a remedy. It's, it's like drinking um, some form of cough mixture or something like that. It's a medicine. 
Hey, but look, we're human. We get ill. Uh, Common Glasgow says, Bovril, amazing stuff at the footy. I would give fourth spot to Ribena. Uh, that's no. for another show. Uh, and There's Jack no McGardner. fourth spot going on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack the Gardener from Bromley says, not a hot drink, but how about a warm beer for third place? That's very British. We do it better than anyone else. Sharon says decaf hot tea as uh, third spot. Not in a million. Decaf tea. You may as well just not bother. Have someone else. <laughs> uh, Phil in Liverpool says, got to be Oxo with a load of pepper in it. I'll, dr- I'll eat raw Oxo. I'm not having it in a drink as far as that's concerned. And then Mark in Essex says, guys, what about homemade ginger and lemon? Beautiful, clean living. Yes, that's good. It's been a contentious start to the show so far. We can solve this. What is Britain's third favourite hot drink? 8 to 15 for your text. Tweet us at Absolute Radio. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Nothing repeated while you listen at work or indeed wherever you're listening, nine to five at the moment. It's the no repeat guarantee on Absolute Radio. This is home time as we search for Britain's third favourite hot drink. Yes, indeed. We're on a mission tonight. Hopefully by the end of the show this evening, one hot drink will be crowned in third spot. We've always talked about first and second, tea and coffee, the nation's two favourite drinks. But what about third spot? We have a second city. Birmingham's the second city of the United Kingdom. But what about hot drinks? Let's sort it out now. Uh, My love for hot Ribena has been contentious. Well, only with Bush, because everyone else loves it. John in Workington says, my wife Susan has it every day. She loves the stuff. She gets sore throat a lot, does she? Because it's medicine, and we've decided that already. Simi in Durham says, what about hot lemonade? Anyone else drink? Really? There's quite a few people who drink hot, like flat, hot, bubbly drinks that normally should be cold. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Rob here says this text, soup all day long. If you go to a vending machine, you go tea first. If no tea, you go coffee. If no coffee, you go soup. Either chicken or vegetables. Surely everyone knows this. No, Rob. Honest to God, right? I don't think anyone has bought soup from a vending machine since 1988. And if you go to a restaurant, soup, it's on a menu with other foods because it's a food, not a drink. We're just ruling stuff out left, right and centre and firing from the hip, but I kind of like it. Ian in Leeds says, chaps, try a cup of hot Ovaltine with a teaspoon of rum and a teaspoon of treacle, <laughs> treacle in it. Oh. Wow, that's hell of a uh, sugar boost before bed, isn't it? Have you ever had Ovaltine before, Richie? Uh, no, I have not, actually, no. Well, it's supposed to make you sleep better. It's like this kind of white powdery substance that you put into like a drink. But I, it's not like you wouldn't you wouldn't hang out with someone and have a, have a cup of oval team. It's kind of it's like something you might wear, you know, drink any PJs on a sleepover. Well, how about this finally from Mark? I'm hoping it's a typo. Hot toady, uh, whiskey and hot water. Um, I haven't watched Neighbours for a while, but I, I, I don't think Jared Rebecca needs to be liquidised. Hot toady, mate. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. One of the things about the last 11 weeks um, that has been a positive, and there are some, if you look for them carefully, um, was I found I've been going out walking more. Uh, When you had this sort of concept of you can only go out and have one form of exercise, I was thinking, right, well, I'm going to make sure I go and do that. So I was going to walk in places I wouldn't normally have walked. Been enjoying my little riverside walks, and I'm still doing it. I had one at lunchtime today. But here was a strange sight. One Uh lens 
from a sunglass, well, a sun, pair of sunglasses, but one lens by the riverside halfway along the river. Think about it. How would you be missing one lens from your sunglasses? It's weird because that's a weird place to be walking, isn't it? You know, like down the riverside. It's a bit, you know, remember when Dirty Den got shot and dropped <laughs> in the canal out of a bouquet of flowers? It's a little bit like that. I do wonder whether there's like, is it something to do with a struggle? Could, there, could that be the story behind the single lens left on the floor? Potentially the only feasible reason, because normally the art, the act of walking doesn't make your lenses fall out of a pair of glasses. And equally, <laughs> halfway along the river, you're unlikely to have been sat down. But then equally, even when you sat down, your lens doesn't come out. And equally, if your lens does bizarrely fall out of your glasses, surely you would then bend down and pick it up and think, oh, I'm going to try and put this back in my glasses. It's a really strange sight. And it did make me wonder about some of the strange pieces of lost property or, or items you've seen in the middle of nowhere and you thought to yourself, How'd that get there? No, there's, there's weird. There's a story behind every item. There's a reason why it's all got there. Like we're talking about the solitary shoe that you might see, like a smart, buffed up, black, shiny leather slip-on shoe that you might see on a wall on the way into work. Or, you know, I talked about on this show a few weeks back, but the mysterious pair of sets that were discarded about 100 yards from our house. Remember that? They were there for about three weeks and then mysteriously overnight disappeared. <laughs> it's because someone lost their pair of sets and they're thinking, where did I put those? And they're like, oh, hang on, suddenly they're by this tree. I'll go back and get them. <laughs> Every job's the other day. The other day we were we were searching for um, we we commissioned a brand new TV show which was um, let's have a look. All right, here's a new one for you. How'd that get there? Tell us the stories when you yes. saw something and you thought to yourself, how'd that get there? Oh my god, that'd be so good. And now with how'd that get there on Channel Five is Bush and Ritchie from Home Time. <laughs> Eight twelve fifteen with your texts or tweet us at Absolute Radio. What have you seen out and about that made you go, how'd that get there? If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Uh, Sasha says, uh, I found some dentures in the Thames and it's like a full top row of teeth from someone there. Uh, how on earth does that even happen? How's that, how do they end up in the drink? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Paul says, I was walking deep inside the woods off the beaten track and stumbled across one Nike trainer. How do you lose one shoe? That's a weird thing, isn't it? When you see discarded shoes, it's never a pair. It's always one on its own. Always a story. Uh, Martin Perry says, I work for the uh, major coach company in the UK, and many years ago I found a prosthetic leg in the overhead rack. I still to this day wonder if the owner ever claimed it. <laughs> uh, one more shoe reported here from Jezza out on my Sunday walk, although he knows where this one got there. My six-year-old gets his shoe lost in boggy mud. So if you're on the same walk, that's my lads. He's been out requests now if you find his shoes. <laughs> and then this one from Stu uh, says, I found an 80s-style leg warmer, singular. So on its own, an 80s-style leg warmer. It's pretty weird. Kath tweets and says, are you sure that it was not a monocle? Wow. So what, like one shaded monocle for somebody? I guess if you are a monocle wearer, when it's sunny, you're still going to want it shaded. It's a good point. I'd love to hear from anyone on, who listens to this show that is a monocle wearer. Can you get them in shaded format? Or maybe reactor lights. Like my, my, my mum and dad both have reactor light glasses. Maybe you get a reactor light monocle. 
<laughs> uh, Danny Gorman's been on. This is an interesting point. He says, when you're upstairs on the bus, it's surprising how many odd shoes you see on top of the bus stop. Yes, that's a very good point. It's true. Completely true. Logan says this might not count as lost property, but I once came across a a very confused looking frog in the middle of nowhere with any water sources whatsoever. No ponds, no lakes, no nothing in the nearby vicinity. Obviously, it had been dropped by a bird who thought it had a very nice meal sewn up until it yawned. Wow, it's a hell of a lucky escape, isn't it, for the frog? I hope Logan rescued it. He didn't go on to say. Yeah, please clarify. And then this one, this is quite sinister. Blake in Wigan says, guys, there used to be a tree of lost souls in Warrington. It was a tree covered in loads of odd shoes that people had found. But the council pulled it down, the miserable so-and-sos. That is very sinister and, and also very sad. Um, yeah, what a shame. A lovely idea. Every, every little town should have a tree with, with random shoes on. Where you can, if you've lost one... Hope, hopefully get reunited, because we can't all go along on top deck of buses looking at bus stops. Absolutely. Come on, councils, have a laugh. <laughs> Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I want to hear from you this evening about the strange sightings of lost property that you have seen while you've been out and about. Uh, after I was on a walk today, found one lens from someone's sunglasses on the side of a riverbank. How do you not notice that you're missing that? Uh, the little items that you've seen out and about and thought, how'd that get there? 8, 12, 15 for your texts. I do worry about your walks that you do out there in down in, you know, abandoned towpaths trying to make contact with ducks. <laughs> All sorts uh, of stuff going on. Uh, Rachel and Nigel have texted saying, talking about one lens, my stepson's ex-girlfriend drove 40 minutes from home to work and when arrived, someone pointed out she was missing one lens from her sunglasses. Uh, wow. So it can be done. Maybe that's so you- the actual lens. You asked the question earlier on if a lens could just pop out as you were walking along. Clearly yep. it can. Yes, and it, it turns out that you wouldn't notice it. Uh, Tate says, I found an intact pair of shoes on one of my daily walks. How, and more importantly, why? Hashtag, how did it get there? And Felicity in Kent, keeping along the shoe angle, says, on the little country road where our house is, just by the turning to our house, one morning there was a pair of stout boots sat there next to each other. Did someone walk home in their socks? Why there? Is it a secret message to us? What's going on? You can see the the psychological repercussions of these kind of things being left for people to see. And Yvonne from Pontefract gets in touch with a different story. We'll move away from some footwear. She says on the York Ring Road, by the side of the road, halfway up a hill, and with no houses in sight, I saw a random bra. Was it thrown from a car? Who knows? I'd love to know its story. Uh, Suzanne Randall says, what about this dream holiday road trip heading from Arizona to California? Deserted road, middle of nowhere, only desert and mountains. Satnav was indicating roads and village to the left of the road. Nothing there at all until we passed a 10-foot high pile of discarded shoes and pumps. No time to get a photo and no way will we turn him back. Proper hills have eyes moment. <laughs> a pile of discarded shoes, that's terrifying. 
Uh, Emma in Redditch says, on my drive into the office a few weeks ago now, obviously, uh, there was a disembodied doll's head lying in the gutter on a traffic roundabout, a la Chucky. Totally freaked me out, and I deliberately drove a different way home to avoid it. The eyes seem to follow you. They just do. Reminds me of that train spotting movie. And then this text says, Hi guys, my name's Aldura. I work for a taxi company in Maidstone. A few years back, three bags, each with a goldfish in, were left on the back of one of our cars. No one ever claimed or called about them. Now that is weird. <laughs> it's like a clown leaving you some kind of warning. Yeah. Uh, they done a pickup from a, a, a local circus or something or other? Who knows? Something's going on. Uh, And then this from Andy. Many years ago, when I worked for British Railways in Lost Property at King's Cross, we had a coffin. I don't know if it's still there. Well, that's that's the current leader so far. You're going to have to go real hard to be able to be that as weird Lost Property. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. Uh, Mike has emailed hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. He says, just a quick one, uh, not lost property exactly, but on the 1st of June last year, I saw Tottenham Hotspur in the Champions League final. Now, how did that get there? (laughs) Unfortunately, I am a Spurs fan and I still can't explain it, says Mike. God bless him. God bless him. It all went wrong from there, really. And Matt in Tamworth, what about this? Four years ago, I found a Walker's Crisp packet from 1992 on a path whilst walking to the pub. (laughs) What a discovery. It'd be worth something in 10 years, mate. Get it down Antiques Roadshow. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Tuesday night, you're listening to the Stay at Home Time Show with Bush and Richie. It's good to have you on board, but it's time to step into the unknown as we spin once again our Tuesday Tombola. The unknown, otherwise known as the bedroom of our producer, the tooting ball botherer, it's producer Adem. How are you? I'm very well. Evening. <laughs> is your bedroom the un- described as the unknown or is it known to quite a few people, Adem? Let's move on. Fifthly, please, spin this tombola. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Tuesday tombola, it's as it sounds, it's a tombola. It's spun on Tuesdays. Inside it, 100 balls. Uh, our producer, Adem, is going to clo- open the hatch, uh, dip his hand in, pull out a ball. Uh, it'll be numbered, and that will correspond uh, with a topic for you to get in touch with us for the final hour of tonight's show. And don't forget as well, uh, there is an element of mystery that surrounds producer Adam's bedroom. It is known as the Tooting Triangle. I'm just going to spin it now, okay? Okay, go for it. I think we're on uh, thin ice. (laughs) Gets worse and worse each week. Right, it is ball number 57. Ball number 57. Well, I never. Amazing things you've taught an animal to do. (laughs) (laughs) What what an end to the show this is going to (laughs) be. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay, then. Okay. Right, oh, okay. Well, look, if you're going to hand the final hour of your show to a tombola, this is the kind of thing that happens. 8, 12, 15. It's quite simple. Amazing things you've taught an animal to do. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. 
Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. So look, we're looking forward to seeing what uh, what you have been able to do. I'll have to hold my hands up on this one. I can remember getting as uh, a birthday present of someone at a time when I uh, when I owned a gorgeous uh, golden retriever called Boddington. What did I name that after? Um, <laughs> and it was uh, it was like a little kit to see how intelligent your dog was. Now, of course, every dog owner thinks that they have the brightest and smartest dog. So I went out into the back garden and uh, opened up this thing. And the first thing you had to do was stand at the other end of the garden to your dog uh, and call it. But you had to call it in the intonation that you would normally do if you were saying, hey, Boddington, like that. But uh-huh. you had to say something else. You had to say a different word. So I chose the word refrigerator. And the test was to see if the dog was clever enough. If you went, hey, refrigerator, whether it would come to you or whether it would stay there. If it stayed Ooh. there, it was a clever dog. If it came to you, it was thick. <laughs> Needless to say, I never trained my retriever to do anything. Oh, no, so he failed the test. He sat there faithfully. I shouted, refrigerator. He came bounding to me, that daft hound. God bless him. He does say he sounds like a nice dog, though. He sounds like a lovely dog. He's a cracker. He's a golden retriever. What else can you expect? So, look, what have you trained an animal to do? I'm sure you've had more success than we have. 81215 for your text. Tweets at Absolute Radio. It's the Tuesday Tombola. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I feel quite bad about this because obviously just earlier on you mentioned uh, you got an IQ test for your Golden Retriever Boddington. So you must have felt that he was he was a pretty intelligent dog up until that point. Absolutely. Until, until did, he failed. Yeah. Until he failed the test. <laughs> Spectacularly. However, the, the only, I've not managed to train any pets to do anything. However... Our dog, Murph, who was named after the drummer from Dinosaur Jr., if you know that indie band, brilliant American indie band, uh, back in the day, he was a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. Mm-hmm. And if you, I can't remember what you would say to him, but I remember we used to get back from the pub in the evening and then say this word to him, and he would roll on his back and we would drag him around like by his paws on the on the rug, and he used to absolutely love it. You know the way the way sometimes dogs lie out like a spatchcock chicken. Yeah, a little bit like that. Absolutely loved it. But it's not really. It's not really. Uh, I've not really trained him to do it. He just not took advantage really. of us being drunk. Really, to be honest with you. Sharon in Essex has done the impossible. Listen to this. I've taught my cat. Yeah, I mean, those are words I never thought were possible. I've taught my cat, Buddy, uh, to sit when I ask him, like a dog, Cheryl says. If he wants a treat, he headbutts my hand. That sounds more cat-like. Cats are just the most mercenary things on this planet. They wouldn't do anything for anyone, unless there's (laughs) some kind of monetary gain. And Lucy says, hi, my dog Annie has learned to pick up the litter when we go for a walk. My husband taught our cat to come to him by whistling the TSB advert tune, says this anonymous text. (laughs) Why why would you hide your name from this text? That's such a brilliant achievement. What is the theme tune? What's the TSB theme tune when it's at home? I'd love to be able to remember it to demonstrate the wonderful power of advertising, but sadly, it's escaped me. It's gone. It's completely gone. Uh, Ploppy (laughs) in Chelmsford says, uh, I taught my dog to go upstairs and get my slippers one at a time. Like that. Uh, Katie in Liverpool says, 
I keep chickens, and I've trained them to go to bed when I say bedtime, come when I call them, and one likes to affectionately nibble at my thumb when she eats corn from my hand, although she doesn't think it's corn because she's only recently started doing it. They will also only eat the corn if it's in my hand, not from the floor, but that was accidental during shielding from COVID-19. There's a sign of the time story if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Uh, Richard says, I've taught my dog to open the front door when someone knocks. People don't know how to react uh, when the door opens and a big Labrador cross with a Doberman is staring back at them. That's so good, you should get him to go around and offer to top people's drinks up who's having a night in. <laughs> Charlotte from Silver End in Essex says, I train my pure white cat marbles to run after a screwed-up tinfoil ball like a dog, collect it in his mouth like a dog, and bring it back to me. He was pure white with green eyes. What is it with... Uh, what's the difference then between... Because if I put uh, a, a screwed-up tinfoil ball in my mouth, my teeth would be so oh. on edge. How can oh. a cat do that? Oh, horrible thinking point. about oh. it. Can't even think uh, about it. Holly and Chris say, uh, my partner wanted a dog. I wanted a cat. We both work full time, so we got a cat. So to make him feel better, I taught the cat to give paw and play fetch. Now Tilly is our cat dog. Do you know what? I, I think there's another show in this at some point. I think there's a load of cat dogs out there. Cats which are trained to the skill level of dogs. We'll get to this at some point. And Sean in Kerslake says, and this is pretty grim, and I apologise if you're having your tea, I train my budgie to eat and drink from my mouth. Right, stop this. That is disgusting. That is horrible. Absolute radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, the podcast. Just there's so much stuff that's come in on the show during the course of the evening that we weren't able to read it out on air. This guy called Joel got involved about the whole debate about um, Britain's third hot drink. Remember we were talking about that at the start of the show? <laughs> And he makes a really good point, actually. He says, it has to be hot chocolate, surely. If you go to a hotel or business event, you're offered tea or coffee. And if there's a third option, it's always hot chocolate. I can't imagine them turning to you and saying, tea, coffee, hot Ribena. It just doesn't work. So I think that finally puts pay to the whole hot Ribena idea. Once and for all. Yes, well, no, but I, I'm not sure that it puts hot chocolate in the place. Hot chocolate is completed as a hot drink. If you have it out, all right, if you have a hot chocolate out and about at some yeah. kind of, um, uh, you know, hot drinks place, what will they do? They will say, do you want some squirty cream on that? Do you want some <laughs> syrup on that? Do you want some marshmallows on that? Some hundreds and thousands. They're basically making you a dessert. Hot chocolate is not a drink. But I like Joel's point, and what he's saying is you have to imagine in your mind that someone offering it to you in a formal environment, and he's got a point. They're not going to say, what, well, can I get you anything? Tea, coffee, hot Ribena? Not going to happen. <laughs> oh, one day we'll get to the bottom of it. For now, here's our closing theme tune. Hence wins the hometown show The boys have left the studio But let me On the radio, they'll be back again tomorrow. Phantom Music Interview. Subscribe, rate, and leave review. Subscribe.